Ended, so. Got the root off. Oh, we are hot. Why are we hot, Eric? We're is live. It, Red hot. Why is this a momentous night? This is a momentous night because we're inducting another film snob. It's officially being inaugurated. Yes. Wow. Cody. Wow, wow. Has Welcome. chosen. Thank you. It's an Us. honor. <laughs> <laughs> I adopted you guys. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know that was happening. And yeah. we have TJ. I'm back. Do you want to be He's back too? Uh, I'm afraid of commitment, but <laughs> let's see where it goes. <laughs> Painfully honest. I didn't realize it was a commitment. <laughs> oh. Cody, give us your resume. Um, well, you know, we watched Poltergeist together. We yeah. did that. That and was a good know, episode. My takeaway from that was y'all need another straight white protestant man (laughs) (laughs) really really spice it up in here you know we lost our diversity with ethan and uh i think we just gained it back yeah 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 some good german irish blood (laughs) none of you have that every man is diverse from every other man that's true that's true uh (laughs) resume and you know i studied film you studied film i studied film in school uh what else? I worked at the Weinstein Company for a week. Ooh. Yeah, right? No, it wasn't my choice to leave. It was a part of an internship. Um, okay. Yeah, I just like movies, TV shows in general. Had a lot of fun with you guys, so. Mm-hmm. I never knew any of this about you. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, how long has meet? it been? Yeah. You guys meet four 10 minutes. minutes? Four oh, minutes? Oh, man. <laughs> A lifetime, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really enjoyed uh, what you had to bring to the table for Poltergeist yeah. and your film history from knowledge. Um, and it was a fun episode. It was a really, really good time. Yeah, so it was a good one. Might have to make a new doodle. Oh man! I don't know. I don't Just think so. Through the AI, you don't have to get anyone to do it. <laughs> man, I have been John Frank, I and I've been AI generating images like crazy lately. <laughs> Fascinating. I've got I've got a subscription as well. I'm thinking of writing a children's book and using AI to make the pictures. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, that is Let's not see if children a bad idea. Have a sense of uncanny valley or not? Can't tell if you yeah. type in the right thing. <laughs> no. So, Cody, we are here because we are starting a new topic. Jared, mm. what is that topic? Well, every 10 years, uh, the British Film Institute's magazine, Sight and Sound, releases this poll where they poll a bunch of directors and critics, like hundreds and thousands, hundreds of directors, thousands of critics, to come up with, they each have to give their top 10 lists, and then they kind of tally those up and make a list of 250 films. Hmm. This year, the critics' one is... There's debate. We'll get into that on a future episode. <laughs> but we went with the director's one because it was a little less uh, wild of changes from the previous <laughs> 10 years, let's say. Mm. So, yeah, famous directors around the world. Um, lots of names that you know have contributed to this list. And so they, they put out the top 100. And we're just saying, let's each pick one of those top 100. Nice. Let's, let's be actual snobs and dive into film history for a little bit. And anywhere on that top 100. Anywhere. It could yeah. be 100. It could be number one. So, Cody... On the top 100. Do you remember what number you chose? I do. Oh, what, oh, number, was what it? number was it? 43. Whoa. Right in the middle. Not really, but you know, somewhere. It's not Battleship Potemkin. I know that. <laughs> I looked at the list today. It's not. And TJ I was, like, was oh, pulling oh, for maybe Potemkin. Maybe that'll be it. <laughs> All we know is that it is a family favorite. 
Birth no, of a it's Nation. Not. Was that a was that a misdirect? That, yeah, that was a misdirect. Oh what no! Country is it from? The Portuguese dub of Shrek Two. Oh, <laughs> yes. Are you being serious? No. Okay. Um, Shrek Two didn't make the director's top one hundred movies so, of all time. It's Shrek, but it's it's a specific dub that we're watching. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it really changes the story. That would blow my mind. Um, my insider knowledge tells me that you have not seen this, Eric. And Do you have a letterbox Jared, yet? That Jared has seen it. I've yes. seen all of the top 100 already. So these will all be rewatches so, for me. Yeah, I just you kind have. of assumed. Yeah. But I know that you've seen this one. Um, Thank you, Cody. But I have not And we don't know. In the know last six minutes, TJ I have has. no idea about TJ, but <laughs> he's the <laughs> He's added two minutes. Well Did, done. Yeah. Jared, do you have, do you have a guess at, at what this might be? What country is it from? That'd give it away. There's a lot. <laughs> How can you countries? narrow it? Like, yeah, you can't say Japanese and he'll know exactly what No, because there's is. a few Japanese, there's a few French, there's a few German. There's... Right. All right. It's it's Russian. Oh, we're watching Shoah. No. Are you kidding me? Um, oh, Wait, that's watching, not even Russian, is it? Are we it? watching a Tarkovsky? We are. We're watching Stalker? We are watching oh, Stalker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know I was buckling up for this. Oh, he did say buckle up, didn't he? Caleb said buckle up. Let's start. We got three hours to go, boys. Oh, Let's my go. God. What? Can you oh commit to this, God. DJ? I, I'm already here. <laughs> is is your wife going to be okay TJ. with it? Yeah. It's an all-timer. Let's go. Oh, my God. I got All no right. time to waste. Let's we gotta go. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> Holy <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared for this at this moment. I'm not either. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. I like that. There you go. This is the Wine Snobs Podcast. Here's a pamela. It's a pamela. It's got an apple bouquet. All right. That's a aroma. That's a floral. Floral. Hmm. So we're going to get to our own zone tonight, guys. Yikes. He's ready to, to cross the threshold. <laughs> well done. Well done. <sighs> All right. Count um, me stocked, Poppy. How do we? How do oh, we? Yeah, go? Cody, you've never hosted before. Oh, let me give you a rundown of what we typically sure, do. Sure, sure. So usually the person who picks the movie, we we encourage them to be the host of the show. Okay. So this is going to be a, a trial run for you, of sorts. Typically, what you do is you give a brief synopsis of the movie with All any right. info you might want to add, if you have any info. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes Easy. you do. And then usually we'll go around and you'll be you'll ask as the host. You'll be like, "What are your guys' initial thoughts?" And we'll all give our initial thoughts. And then it's basically whatever questions you want to ask from there. It's free game. And then sometimes we jump in with our own questions. I thought after the initial thoughts, you said the right answer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the definitive take. And the the best take of the day goes to (laughs) not Cookie Cat. (laughs) And if you ever are kind of like treading water, just look at Jared and he'll fill the gaps. Yeah, Caleb will sometimes just be like, any of you guys have questions? <laughs> I mean, in specific to this I phone. know that none of you have questions about this. this I, I've seen it like this my fifth time, so I'm I'm ready. All right. Synopsis. Yep. Oh, a snob, a snobsis. Snobsis. Snob. I love that. Snobsis. No, Believe it or not, we have not said that word. <laughs> 
snobs. So this movie. That's uh, Sammy, Ricky's sister that's been on. Never mind. Sorry. Here we go. Sorry for interrupting, Snobs. Cody. This no, is your app, right. and uh, I shouldn't right. be doing that. You're right. Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> False start. I hope he sticks around. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> All right. So, this movie came out in 1979, before the Chernobyl incident. True, wow. which is which seems prophetic. Yeah, prophetic. It's loosely based off of another nuclear event. That happened in the 50s hmm. and was very well covered up by the Russians, but somehow they knew about it. Interesting. Didn't know that. Uh, basically, the synopsis of this movie is pretty simple. It's this Russian family, hmm. the husband of which is a stalker. And a stalker <laughs> is somebody who leads tours into this mysterious zone that mm-hmm. military and scientist and government official have not been able to return from. Not mm. someone who watches your house for three months correct, in a row. Correct. <laughs> and so he, he leads people into this zone and he leads a scientist or a professor and a writer in... And this zone is very mysterious and spooky, <laughs> I would say. I'm, I was spooked. It's kind of like a poorly maintained national park. <laughs> um, and basically, they... If Eric bringing the Ottoman into the door. Nice move, Eric. The piece of furniture, not the, not the people group. I think it'd be funny if he brought that in and then TJ decides to sit on the floor anyway. <laughs> it's just his armrest now. I need to now. do my stretching for the day. Uh, and essentially, uh, existential hijinks ensue. Ooh. Where um, these men, these three men are challenged by the zone. They get lost. They argue with each other. They poke holes in each other's uh, worldviews. And they, they try and figure out what's... what's what what's the meaning of all this? And then they come back. Just a nice little jaunt, nice little Yeah. A walk in the park. Novella, you might say. Walk through radiation. Short story. Yeah. So Easy to understand. <sighs> Initial <laughs> thoughts. <sighs> Cody, I wanna say you're doing great so far. Oh, doing great, doing great. Um <laughs> <laughs> hey, introduce yourself. I uh, I'm Eric, a uh, founder of this podcast. Uh, I've been on the most for sure. Um, I no. Um, we done a count. Mm, doesn't matter. Anyway, I got you beat by. At I least three. think the initial thoughts of this <laughs> film are. God. Okay. You'll you'll notice that we're talking a little bit slower uh on this pod because this my this movie just messed with my mind. Mm. I don't know if it messed with your guys' minds. Um was this one of the most well-made and artistic films I've seen probably. <laughs> <laughs> did i enjoy it no so mm. i <laughs> eric, eric eric ate his vegetables today that's 
It's like you go to one of those classical concerts when you're seven and you're like, I know this is really good, but I don't like it. Or when you go to church when you're seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you have to sit next to an atheist. <laughs> to me, it, it felt sucks, like. Right? To me, it felt like you know those food challenges where you have to eat like a hundred ounce steak in like an hour and yeah. get a free T-shirt at the end. Yeah, you're like, like I should, not I should, liking is yeah. the most liking. You're like you can I should have be savoring this, it's, but it, it I'm felt not. Like you're my right, brain ate like <laughs> War and Peace, <laughs> and there was no T-shirt at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to say every. Every film that this man has made, I just, I don't really understand. Um, <laughs> and, I love, you know what? You'd the, be good in the zone because you're humble. The dialogue, mm. the dialogue is always so cryptic and poetic and nonsensical and so hard to follow, even when I'm reading it. Um <laughs> This is my favorite review I've ever heard of this. And I think I think this is just men suffering from radiation poisoning just wandering around the field. <laughs> He's a literalist. People they they loop back to the guy who went for his thermos and like, "How did you get ahead of us?" And like, "No, dude. We're all sick. You just wandered in a circle." <laughs> Um, no, I know there's more to this film than that. Uh, I just, I'm really interested in someone who's seen this movie five times versus me, who's just seen it. Uh, God, yeah. I, 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 I like this equally deserves like a three and a five in my mind. Five for the cinematography and, mm. and the art, in the artistry. And just some of the most beautiful shots I think I've ever seen in a film, mm. which he does time and time again. Um, didn't enjoy it. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you stayed awake, though. Caleb and I watched this with a few people a couple years ago. Caleb, another film snob. The Caleb. <laughs> um, and Parker Curry was with us, and he fell asleep in like 30 minutes <laughs> and just but, took a nap the whole time. Oh he's, like, he's like, why did you guys invite me to come watch that? But I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there are shots in this film that are very slow and almost lull you into mm. a state of peace mm. and rest. And so I can under it's it's almost like when you ask someone who does yin yoga and meditation be like why did you fall asleep it's like because it's designed to make you relaxed and fall asleep. That's why I'm into yang yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yo guys, hype. That might have been the longest initial thoughts I've given, but right. it fits, I fits the film far out, guys. Uh, let's get into it. Tej, yeah. please take yeah, it, please. Hey, I'm TJ. This is my third time on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. The, last movie, the last movie that I watched was The Sandlot, so <laughs> I never know what to expect when I show up. We just tell TJ to come and he's game for whatever. Yeah, man. Well, uh, listen to our Sandlot episode. <laughs> yeah. It was the inspiration for this movie. Hopefully we get the director on this one because we did get it for one more time with feeling. That's Hell right. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. So. Tarkovsky's ghost. <laughs> um, to go, to the, go to the room and you'll <laughs> talk to Tarkovsky. Anyway, go ahead. Bouncing off Eric. Yeah. Um, I did not feel at peace. I don't think at any time during this movie. Mm. I know it was kind of slow at times, but... I there was definitely a lot of suspense and 
had an interesting kind of that cross between modernist and postmodernist where it's a lot of seem like archetypes the writer the scientist the fool um mm. and yet the movie doesn't necessarily want to say what it is or doesn't want to make a lot of declarative statements it leaves you with quite a bit um and so yeah especially my first time through and again maybe a conversation for those who have seen the movie before i was like what's going to be the payoff what is going to be revealed and i was slightly disappointed that there wasn't anything <laughs> um because again i do think it is not necessarily a plot that's been done in yeah. the middle of the 20th century but um yeah I'll when they think about theme wise so i'm not going to go through all the Ricky and Ethan would be George. Sorry, yeah, guys. We I know, going from <laughs> early Beatles to the late Beatles, yeah. you really can't have them stay together as a cohesive unit. They had to go their separate ways. Sorry, so, guys. We had a blip in the recording the there. Beatles and, uh, snobs. In the meantime, we Th- had... Uh, this, this has happened a few times on the podcast. We had TJ say he's going to Yoko Ono, the film no, no, snobs. No. Cody. <laughs> Cody. Oh, Cody's going to Yoko? No, TJ said that. TJ said he's going to Yoko. So we got to figure out which of us is John Lennon first. CMR and Yoko Ono. Well, and in the I meantime, we said Caleb was worse snob because the battery keeps dying on this thing. And, and he said he, we can plug it in, and he hasn't showed us how yet. I was going to say something um, oh. off of, of off of what TJ said, and um, I think it's I think it's you were talking about the payoff, and I think it's just interesting because the plot synopsis on HBO is talks about um, them going to a room that causes your dreams to come true. And it's like, that's a that's a pretty sexy tagline. And then, like, that totally doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> and led by a mind mutant. Uh, yeah, the also HBO, not. <laughs> HBO tagline sucked. A mind mutant leads them on a journey to a room that makes your dreams come true. Mind I think is, it's like a roughly. spark notes for a movie. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a Bob Dylan Moby Dick situation. <laughs> Don't um, get it. <laughs> That's what? a pretty obscure Don't get that. Setting. Oh, when uh, Bob Dylan won the Nobel Prize for Literature, he didn't go to the awards, but he wrote out a speech for it. And basically what he did is he took the spark notes of Moby Dick and fashioned them for himself. <laughs> it's amazing. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. Um, hi, guys. Jared Klopfstein <coughs> here. I've seen Stalker a few times in my life. I think it's a bona fide masterpiece. This is the fifth <laughs> of Tarkovsky's seven films he made before he died. Um, I think it helps to know a little bit of Tarkovsky's philosophy of film as uh, he's a Russian Orthodox guy. So in his words, he views film, in his film specifically, as um, a prayer that are meant to... Uh, show you something of God, basically. His films. His films are a prayer, yeah. not just this one. Just like nope. In all general, his... he said that's what, and especially after Mirror on uh, Mirror, I think he says he unlocked something, and this is post Mirror. Mirror was four, right in the middle. Um, mirror was Mirror was right before this one. Yeah, I mean it, that. It helps, ooh, right? That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I mean. I. We'll talk about themes and stuff. I kind of view this film, it, ch- it morphs every time I watch it. I feel like I understood it more than ever this time. Um, just like The Zone. Just like The Zone. <laughs> feels like it's... Uh, Stalker's kind of like a man, 
attempting to lead, attempting to bring some men into an encounter with the divine and trying to show them that they need to be humbled and accept their weak. Um, and in the face of their desires, they may crumble or not, depending how you view the end. Um, hmm. Stalker himself needs some humbling too, I think. Um, but yeah, I love it. Uh, it's crazy that within 10, 15 years, almost everyone who worked on this production died because they filmed it within an actual... I was going to get to that. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of... Uh, they think it was the water. Yeah, the water the that water they were that in. They were oh, wandering around God. In. So it's it was him, yeah. his wife. Yeah, all the actors. All the actors all died the from... cinematographer. Lung, lung cancer? I think it was a variety of things. Yeah. Um, and but, they were able to trace it? back to it they just all died within a pretty similar time span of different games yeah tarkovsky was dead within eight nine years after this and if it was all cancer it's kind of you can yeah. assume and it was a nightmare shoot too jeez so, i can only imagine yeah they filmed it once and then the film stock got jacked up and they had to go refilm it again yeah. ussr didn't Shut know how to uh up. how to deal with kodak film it was Get brand new in the ussr and they out. goofed it up they like destroyed the whole film and so oh, they had to go back and i don't remember they might have had to do it three times god what yeah. so that's crazy <laughs> tarkovsky wanted to like give up like multiple times on oh the yeah imagine yeah. writing a book and then someone burns the only copy and you're like oh i gotta redo all of that that's a little women amy joe situation <laughs> good reference Probably, uh, uh, it's exactly like that um mm -hmm. the existential just despair was oh real yeah. was, they're like well, i have to do this again that's mm -hmm. wild in all this nuclear Most water shoes so oh my god that confirms a thought i had because the room mm -hmm. you know those like little circles yeah that's like the pie, the pie, the pie, has anyone, has anyone watched the Chernobyl documentary or oh, yeah. uh, miniseries? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You remember it's the like room where show. all the pins and the pistons, like it's where the disaster well, the happens. Rods, the, yeah. the rods, yeah. the rods, the yeah. rods. Yeah. Those were, that's what the circles were yeah. in the room. Yeah. That's what that is. Yep. <laughs> so no wonder what they're What were dead, they right? doing that? Oh my God. I mean, didn't know as much then probably. Well, they didn't know enough during Chernobyl and this was before Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By That's like insane. Yeah. Preacher. Seven or eight. Guys. Wow. Oh, that is sad. Um, anyways, I think it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, once you get on its wavelength, which I think takes 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes into the movie, then it's like a lot. You vibe with it a lot more. I still find the first 20 minutes slow. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen it a few times and I think it's brilliant, but I'm still like, this is so slow. But then eventually I get over it. And like, well, I'm sure talk about it, the transcendental moments where there's like scripture being quoted over these mm -hmm. montages of stuff is some of the best things I've ever seen in cinema personally. So yeah, I'm, I'm in, but I've seen a lot of Tarkovsky, so it helps because I'm on his wavelength. Yeah. I think I wasn't, I wasn't as in on watch one as I am now. It, I think it's, when you're trying to figure out what's going on, I was it's, le it's less rewarding. I was literally about to say that. And that's yeah. that's my biggest downfall with these yeah, yeah. types of movies. And I've said this before in the pod where I'm like trying to figure out something and I'm doing that dumb guy thing where like he's walking down the pipe room and I'm like, he's going to blow up, isn't he? 
Oh, totally. <laughs> that That's mm-hmm. the thought that's going in my mind. He's going to blow up. Something will grab him. Something will happen. He's going to get sliced <clears throat> in half. Like, I'm thinking of all these, like, dumb Indiana Jones things, and it's like... It's ruining. Well, no, you want to. Do you want to hear something crazy? Like, Kofi was playing off those tropes when he made this film. Before he was a big Indiana Jones fan. I had that same thought watching it the first time. So even like, though I know there's not going to be a blow up when he starts throwing the nut with the thing tied on it. Like, I'm thinking like, oh, when's the blow up thing going to happen? And then he does it. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, it doesn't happen. Right. But because I was so like in the first time, it's ingrained in my mind that something's going to blow. Anyways. And 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 I mean, it's it's what TJ alluded to when he was talking about his initial thoughts, which is just like, you're kind of thinking that something is going to happen. And so I'm engaged. I'm like telling my brain, just be in it, just be engaged in it. But it is a very difficult, it's a difficult type of film to do on a first watch. I had the same problem with mirror. Yeah. Um, not as much with war and peace because that's a little bit more narratively, narratively yeah. driven and kind of like Based it's got motion. But then when there's this like kind of more existential kind of thing going on or supernatural thing going on or you're not entirely sure what's going on because I thought it was based in reality or like the real world. But then I also mixed this up with another movie and I was like, is this like a World War II movie? And I was like, no. You're thinking of Flushed Away? No, I was thinking of Showa. And I was like, this isn't Showa. (laughs) That's DreamWorks. (laughs) So I don't know. it's, it's, It's difficult for me to turn my brain off in that instance because i was like as i was watching it i was like i know nothing about this film and i think that's a good thing yeah it is it still was it still was tricky it was very difficult to engage i think the second rewatch i think the second watch will be interesting i don't know if i'll do it though (laughs) i don't know i hope i do i don't know if you got a spare three hours cody initial thoughts i really liked it so part of the reason that I picked this film, I, I've seen a couple Tarkovsky films before, and so I like those. I wanted mm-hmm. to watch this one, but mm-hmm. I also know this film to be the DNA in like a lot of post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout, any sort of yeah. media or storytelling about those topics. Uh, this is like the grandfather of those things. There are, there are games and I think novels and stuff written about stalkers hmm. going uh, that came out like post Chernobyl. Interesting. Um, you can see this feeding into pretty much. I mean, take your pick of any post-apocalyptic video game, movie, anything. Like you can mm-hmm. see elements of this in that Fallout. Yeah, and it happened in you know the fifties. So this is kind of the grandpappy of, of things like that. So I really wanted to see it. Um, I thought it was uh, kind of like you mentioned earlier. I thought it was so unique that it was before Chernobyl. So there was this like almost prophetic, like looking into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think <clears throat> I I love the 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 way that Russians go about this sort of thing. <laughs> um, it's different than there's, Americans there's, would. Uh, well, there, like, I was watching an interview with Brendan Gleeson about, about uh, Banshees of Inisherin, <laughs> and I think he said something along the lines of, like, the Irish love to talk about despair, but they like to do it funny, and the Russians like to talk about despair and do it just as brutally as possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> you see the remake with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> rocker. I don't know. I thought Woody Harrelson was great he in this was. rocker. Rocker. Woody Woody Harrelson as the stalker was brilliant <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Spitting image. Yeah, no, that's that that's guy a shows good call. up in all kinds of Tarkovsky's yeah, movies. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I love but, that. But uh, I good. I loved it. I love I love the idea of like dropping and the Russians do this too, of like dropping certain archetypes like you mentioned, TJ like dropping them into a like very unique, very challenging setting mm. and seeing how it works them and mm. how it like pushes them and how they bounce off each other and off of the environment. Mm. Um, I, I'm not as like well-versed in Tarkovsky. Like I've seen a couple of his films, but I don't know like a lot of his personal philosophy or anything like that. But I very much saw this as a film about like nuclear power like replacing god this sort of like nietzschean like god is dead the future technology this like there's this void but there's this thing that gives us power and kills us and does all these things and Mm -hmm. it's basically you know a a god and so i really enjoyed seeing a you know an artist a scientist and a and a religious person get thrown into this nuclear mm. you know fun house and yeah. see how they wander around so it was it was fun it is slow it is yeah burning at times tj <laughs> like you were saying it's it's slow it's not relaxing it's like burning you know <laughs> it's like when you're lifting weights or something and somebody's <laughs> telling you to just like hold it for like forever and you're like straining yourself you know <laughs> but it hurts um, but it hurts <laughs> so i really enjoyed it i think uh yeah there's no dialogue for the first nine and a half minutes of the film but i mean that's the most beautiful yeah in my opinion the beginning the beginning really that's like the part that i'm like come on let's get going yeah interesting i love that rich sepia The sepia god that was so cool that was interesting man it popped it popped in a way i did not expect it to Mm -hmm. god it was great yeah 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 i think my favorite thing about the beginning was i mean the there's the whole entire movie is so over foleyed and Mm -hmm. the the sound mix all footsteps breathing glass glass everything is so loud right but especially in the beginning the floorboards crazy but yeah i they were loud but to me they like slowly melded into a geiger counter yeah that Mm. like clicking that like measures the Mm. nuclear radiation in an area oh interesting that is interesting he's walking around and it like it picks up it is like in chernobyl when they're like going in yeah and it just gets so loud and louder and louder and then it's like deafening yeah that makes total sense that's what that like the floorboards for me were like Hmm. oh dude (laughs) like this is intense that's good that's something i didn't there's one thing i would love to happen to this movie it would be like so they have like those sci-fi like ding boom ding they sound so 70s i'd love like a modern electronic artist like floating points or fred again or something to do their own so those are actual those are actual kind of noises on rails yeah have you heard that before yeah but it sounds like super um modulized or something it does it does yeah. yeah there's like certain pings that happen like if you've ever been like 
r- like four feet from a rail when when a train is coming. It makes these like bing, 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 yeah. from the Midwest. Mm. Yeah, it's so very I feel like that's the only thing that dates this movie is some of those sounds, and I'd love to hear modern sounds with it. Anyways. Yeah. We want to do f- first question? <sighs> yeah, what you got, Cody? Uh, I'll, do, I'll do one that I came up with while we were watching it. Okay. What do it's you guys loud. think was the like most common repeated shot of this movie? Oh, I've got it. That I think... Okay, I'll let these two go first then. <coughs> at least on this viewing, there's one I'm like, oh yeah, they're doing that a few times. Um, it's a I've, guy looking at the camera going, Bushne. Bushne. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got two. I'll say one, and I'll and I'll say if someone said mine, but um, my other one. But yeah, I think one of them definitely is um, the shot of the needles. Oh yeah, that happens a few times. That happens a lot. Yep. So why do you think they sh- show the needles? Not sure. Anyone? I have a theory on that. What's your theory, Cody? Let's go. Re- reliance on nuclear power. Reliance I, on well, drugs. Yeah, I kind of see the. Uh, yeah, there's sort of a brave new world Dependence. sort of, you know, drug addiction or reliance on that. Oh. I'm not close enough to the mic. <laughs> there you um, go. <clears throat> uh, I I saw a little bit of that, but I also got just a just a a sort of like m- failure of like modernism, like this. I've been reading uh, "Abolition of Man" by C.S. Lewis, and this whole like thing about um all these things like becoming just becoming matter in our world and like modern science is great and modern medicine is great but you know nuclear is great but there are uh you know these things fall away and they're just Mm. kind of everything just becomes debris Mm. at the end Mm. that that was my yeah there's it you're good have to do because i know the scientists mentioned having the poison ampule whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. because was that that's what I interpreted the needles as. Mm. It's like, because we see a gun earlier, we see like yeah. repeating <clears throat> elements of assuming people mm-hmm. who have gone before and failed, you know, before they got to the place where they were. Including the couple that died right before the threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Embraced. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I kind of think there's that one shot where it goes through the water. Like, it's looking down, and there's all these things under the water. Right. There's, like, a needle. Mm-hmm. There's a gun. There's mm-hmm. money. There's a book. So, we kind of think art. There's, like, It's like a religious modern, orthodox icon. There's an orthodox icon. There's some modern calendar. technology, a calendar, mm-hmm. time. My mind is, like, this is right after the uh, <laughs> Revelation quote. I'm, like, mm-hmm. these just all idols of man that... Money was down there. Yeah, money was down there. Right. These are all things that yeah. people desire... Mm. Um, people put before God extend their life extend their life with and it's like these are the idols of the world that need to be turned away if you're going to truly encounter the divine anyways Mm. Mm. that's my thoughts on the needles at least yeah but why there before the room oh yeah why again good Mm. question maybe just as a reminder maybe and the room itself had a bunch of uh beakers and flasks yeah. and 
scientific. One of the things Emphasize is also, the scientist. Mm-hmm. Science. Interpreting everything through what we're kind of led to believe is a crazy guy. Because if it's one thing to be like, yeah, this is the fallout of a nuclear tragedy and mm-hmm. all these things would be lying here versus the allegory that we're mm-hmm. led to yeah put on the story because of this insane dude who's like come to the room yeah which we have no evidence for it being real at all right mm-hmm. he's telling them to like zigzag for no reason <laughs> yeah. they're like why don't i just go my own way and it yeah. doesn't work I think the main evidence would probably be when the guy approaches the room for the first time on his own and then the voice says, don't come closer. And then the other two guys in the back are like, do you say that? They're like, no. Yeah. And the guy comes back. That felt very disciple-y. It's like something the disciples would do (laughs) in the Bible and they're like, well, I thought you said that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any other repeating imagery? Yeah. Did you have one? The only thing that came to mind was just faces not facing the camera. Yeah. The image of them coming in on that train car yeah. at the very beginning was evoc- evocative. Um, yeah, a lot because of... Because it's like they're so turned away from mm. us, themselves. I don't know. But yeah, there's just a lot of away, even mm-hmm. as they're moving forward into wherever the room is supposed to be yeah yeah that was the close behind and then turning around yeah yeah that that's kind of what i was hitting on that i think was one of the most common shots was somebody taking like a few steps Mm -hmm. and then turning back around so that the camera is like right on their face Mm -hmm. um and i thought that was interesting i think there was that and there was um there was this common shot of like panning across multiple faces Hmm. and then eat it eat the mic uh panning across multiple faces and then panning back again and having there be like one person's eyes open versus they were closed before yeah that happened in the bed or like when they're they're coming in right like the two guys in the back their faces are going back and forth they're looking forward and then looking back and looking forward and looking back where the stalker is just like forward into the zone the whole time he doesn't Mm -hmm. look back once Mm -hmm. it's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of tight shots on heads like Mm -hmm. just like the head is the shot you know Mm -hmm. yeah even in general it's like i really appreciate all the establishing shots that they give us because i really knew where i was in this film <laughs> it wasn't disorienting at all <laughs> this doesn't feel like a labyrinth <laughs> i don't think there's any wide i mean kind of wide shots but then yeah you're always like surprised that oh there's an entire structure behind there right. that we didn't know <laughs> so yeah it's like oh there's waterfalls here sweet <laughs> yeah. that shot when they're coming up yeah the first building with that main room where he gets called out it's just the field and then it pans up you're like whoa yeah mm-hmm. yeah i understand why this is definitely a director's favorite because i <laughs> oh, feel yeah. like this would be a director's yeah. dream oh yeah just create yes yeah no yeah. Oh, yeah there is there is a lot of liberty with some of the like creative shots and just even that even that just first shot where it's kind of going down the hall then it goes through the door and then it stays on the bed and then yeah it's and then it like pans across the heads and then it comes back and then like it pans back and then it goes through the door again and it's just 
it was so everything was so intentional and i said this in the warm peace episode but um just everything felt so intentional with like he wanted to be here he wanted to make this shot mm-hmm. he wanted to make it look this way um yeah it was just like free reign basically which i mean every director really has that some people just do it better yeah 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 hard to explain why they just do yeah, yeah he's very skilled yeah he's very skilled yeah my next question please oh, i'm scared why the sepia outside of the zone yes. sepia sepia outside of the zone and then when they're in the zone and sometimes outside of the zone is it full color easy because tarkovsky watched wizard of Oz. yes <laughs> you and tj are both in agreement yes we, we, eric we need to form an opposition here. yes <laughs> i'll play the room advocate uh, i think it just you know just adds adds uh clout to it being a special place i think when it's in color outside of the zone is every time there's monkey in a shot mm-hmm. i think monkey's the connecting feature to the zone um outside of it it cuts to monkey's profile twice in color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once at the table, once when she's on piggyback. What a great, I'm going to name my daughter monkey if my wife lets me. <laughs> I'd love to name a daughter monkey. Hello, Only monkey. if she has mutant television. People think powers. it's from the office. I don't think you want that. Oh, is there someone named Monkey in the office? Because Dwight cut oh. Angela Monkey. Yeah, but the, it was sepia when it was, cr- when it was scanning the water. And when Spaghetti they were like, West when they were boys. when they were napping. My my theory is yeah, it's either the when dog. they're asleep or it's when stalkers praying. Those are my two. I don't know which is uh, the correct answer. Well, because stalker give you, does seem like he's praying a couple times to me. In in the times when it goes sepia <laughs> and it's like sepia stalker and then color stalker right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like he's in his head. Oh, totally. You know. Yeah. Because then it cuts back to color. And Stalker is lying on the ground, and his eyes aren't open anymore. Yeah. They're kind of closed. Mm-hmm. And I and can't tell if it's dream or prayer. My, my exactly. gut, yeah. in the past, I would have said dream. This time, I lean prayer, yeah. while he's in the zone, at least. Yeah. I was thinking dream. Yeah. I, and I, I, think, I think it is spiritual, though. Yeah. I think it's this... Uh, it's like awake- a testing ground. Well, it's like, are you awake versus asleep? Mm. That, that biblical you know don't be caught asleep like mm. be stay awake like don't don't get caught unaware sort of thing yeah i think that that i think it's probably both and sort of thing um interesting because that, that was going to be another question was like do you what do you see as like the relationship of like eyes being open or closed or that it's very i was there was a relationship between that and the sepia mm-hmm. yeah this is this is gradually becoming better a theme with Tarkovsky films which is i need to discuss them (laughs) if i'm going to get anywhere with them no truly because i i I had a very similar reaction after mirror i was like beautiful some of the most beautiful shots i've ever seen Mm -hmm. did not enjoy it afterwards this is time to shout out a book called Sculpting in Time that Tarkovsky wrote, and he kind of goes through each of his films and hmm. gives some, like, For real? filmmaking philosophy behind them and then thematic stuff, too. It's really interesting reading. Wow. So he's got chapters on each of them. 
I should I would have read the stalker one before if I knew we were watching it, but I don't get to cheat anymore with our new format. So like an mm. anti, <laughs> like an anti Terrence Malick. <laughs> yeah, he's giving, like he's like here's the full dish. He's like here's what I think art should be, and if you don't believe it, you're wrong. Right, and Malick's like, you know what? Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Did you did you think it was that? Sure, why not? <laughs> Go for it, bro. You're wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the sleeping dreaming um don't you just love how when they're like on the ground and they're talking to each other they're talking just like people do and they're like yes had a sleepover half asleep and they're like true selves are coming out literally what i thought it's like that is literally it's like the the sleepy version of the drunk conversation and triangle of sadness like when they were (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly. (laughs) it's like when they were talking i was like this guy is a hair's breath away from falling asleep And I have been there, my bro. It's like, yeah, Ryder, your worldview sucks, and here's why. Oh, yeah. Well, well scientist, you just won a Nobel Prize. Suck it. That's what it felt like. He's like, you know what? <laughs> and then they're gone. What? Hmm? It's <laughs> like, yeah. And then Monkey reads Revelation as they're falling asleep, and we pan over all the idols of the world. Mm. That was Monkey? I think it was Monkey's voice. I don't know. I, re- I read someone that said that. Maybe I just read that somewhere no, and it's I don't wrong. Think she it could speaks. be. It's a woman's Besides voice. That, yeah, it's not so. Monkey's voice. I take it back. It's a woman's voice. I mean, it could be, but could it's be. Monkey in the future. TG, future monk. Deep in thought. What's going on, dude? What you got rolling around in there? I'm trying to think of the, all the other scenes that had sleeping mm-hmm. awake. Things. It's mainly just that one yeah. middle section where it's bonkers. Well, he begins the movie in a bed and ends in a bed that's true mm-hmm. and they are like continuously tired as they move through the zone yep. oh they're so exhausted the fatigued. whole time yeah fatigued. Mm-hmm. like each movement is a struggle i made this movie three times mm-hmm. yeah i mean probably method acting probably comes across yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt <laughs> It is literally radiation poisoning wandering through. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Literally. One thing I, I enjoyed is I did know I did know that Tarkovsky's religious, Ru- Russian Orthodox, but one thing that I found interesting and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on is is this altercation at the end in the room when nobody ends up going inside and mm-hmm. they have this big debate about is is there goodness is mm-hmm. there altruism is there all these things inside of you mm-hmm. or is the person who thinks that they're helping all these people when it really comes down to it and they face god face the future face eternity they just want a pile of cash <clears throat> or something um Nobody really won these of these three men. No, I would say. And why? Like, what? What do you think Tarkovsky's saying? Knowing that he's probably a little more sympathetic towards Stalker. Hmm. Well, the reasons for not going in are interesting. The writer is like, I'm too bad of a person and I'm not going to face that shame. I know it's going to be bad if I get what I want. I don't want to spew my bad all over your head. Yeah. Yeah. Which in a sense is a good step for him, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, yeah, calls him that, I think that's where he calls him a fool. Yeah. A, lou- a, a, a louse? 
A louse. A louse. The professor's reasoning... He wanted to blow the room up. He wanted to blow it up and then didn't. So he brought a, quote, thermos, and it turned out to be a bomb. So You know Caleb bought a thermos (laughs) a month ago? Of course he did. I didn't realize that he was referencing this movie. eye on him. He's totally (laughs) referencing. He's planting seeds in your mind. He was playing the long con. He wanted me to pick this movie. So scientists kind of had the Nietzsche God is dead thing, and then when he was confronted with the miraculous, he's like... I can't kill it. He like strips his bomb and threw it in the water. Also a good step, whether you can say they believe or not. Like, and then stalker conflicted with stalker. This time I had a thought with him. Um, almost like in a Elijah figure Mm. where there's that moment in the Bible where Elijah's basically complaining to God, like, um, why are you having me do this? Like, I'm the only Christian left. I'm the only, not Christian, I'm the only one who believes you left. Um, and God kind of rebukes him mm-hmm. for that. And when Stalker's in bed, like, mm-hmm. no one believes. I do all this for them and I try to get mm-hmm. them there and they yep. don't believe. And yeah. I think that's what Stalker is, is he's kind of in need of a rebuke as well. Even though he's thinking he's, um, and in a sense is trying to lead people to the mm-hmm. divine by leading them to their desires, which he's hoping, hoping the humbling of the zone will make their desires good. Right. He still needs to, which is probably why he hasn't gone in yet. Cause he's like, I'm the one mm-hmm. who can show them, which in a sense he is. Right. Um, I think some of his emotion when they don't go in is fair, but it's also, somewhat selfish mm-hmm. it's like someone who has tasted and seen yeah and then they don't go in the room he's like what are you doing you've seen it like mm-hmm. what why just take th- the last step mm-hmm. and they're like nah it's like the people who like turned away after lazarus got rosen from the dead they're like yeah yeah not for me and, and it's like written in the bible it's like people turned away and didn't believe yeah. and it's like wait what it's, <laughs> you yeah. saw someone get raised from the dead and, and you're like nah i don't yeah. uh, i don't think so yeah and and for stalker yeah. the believing should be enough but he right. wants so badly to be the one to bring others into that yeah that yeah. he lets that get in the way of yeah having all he needs to be content basically yeah, yeah. i got a little bit of jonah there yeah not, not necessarily oh, jonah sure. and him, but like w- his wife rebuking him yeah and being like well don't be mad at him yeah. you should like pity them and you should right. like respond like tenderly to them yeah and he's like but they they told me i was wrong like <laughs> and, was, and she's kind of like patting his forehead and kind of yeah yeah she, she was a little bit of a potentially of a uh type character. his wife yeah what do you guys think of her at the end he ends with her and monkey it's like a movie filled with men and then it ends with her monologuing towards the camera bringing it back yeah. to payoff i think she was what was the payoff <laughs> felt like i at least had some sort of audience <laughs> connection like that ending was so kind of freaking weird I mean, like, it was a bit of a payoff because it was like, oh, something weird is happening here. But then it ends and you're like, 
Are you talking oh. about monkey or the wife? I'm talking about monkey. Are okay. you talking about the wife? He's yes. talking about the wife. So oh, my bad. I got that wife. mixed. Yeah. Okay. So, so for those watching watching at home, uh, the movie ends with a soliloquy of the wife just staring down the barrel of the camera and yep. kind of like yep. giving a story of like when she first met Stalker, she ignored her mom, like dated yep. him anyways, married him. She knew that he would have mutated kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the final shot of the film is Monkey, the daughter, <laughs> moving three different glasses on a table with her mind mm-hmm. as the train very loudly, which I was going to get to sounds next. But yeah, uh, as the train goes by, she moves these glasses towards the end of the table and then finally knocks one off. And that's, yeah. that's the ending that they're talking about. What were you going to say about the monologue mother, wife? The payoff. Just that it, I think, might reflect what I and perhaps other people feel in this film. It's like, why did we follow this guy the entire way? Mm. And part of me is wondering if all three characters who go in might be a portrait of the artist type reflection. Mm. And think about what the entire zone is a metaphor for, especially in Soviet Russia and Mm. how much Tarkovsky could have said about his faith or meaning without couching it in so much allegory. And again, I don't actually know, but... Well, I think that's why there's the um, moment where the professor picks up the telephone and it was like, they're kind of coming at him for doing something but he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. This is the last movie Tarkovsky made in Russia because he had to flee. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of him. Like, I could see him being a bit of the writer and then also the fool. But, but yeah, us being like, yeah, we're going to follow and even believe in there could be this hope at the end. And hmm. I feel like the wife is very grounding for the film that is not very grounded hmm. for most of its runtime. Yeah. Yeah, what if what if the filmmaker as an archetype is but a scientist, a writer, and a man of faith? Right. Well, probably in a sense, yeah. All three. All three. I do That's think he does reference um mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Stalker references uh verses in the go- I don't know which gospel it was off the top of my head, but were um probably John or no, probably Luke, uh, where Jesus meets um, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. mm. and um, they're discussing things, and Jesus explains it all to them after that. So Stalker's like hearing them have their philosophical discussion. He's thinking like, I'm the one who's going to be the Jesus to them to explain this all to them, and it doesn't work out. And I like... Because he references a gospel, this could be a stretch. I'm going to say that flat out. But it reminds me of the end of the gospels where Jesus is died and is resurrected. And the first people to witness it is a woman, and they're the ones who get it right away. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, we're following these men who are trying to get to the spiritual truth. And it's the woman who understands that life is going to have <laughs> sorrow and suffering, but there's hope in living for the thing that she knows is right. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong about that, but she seems to be the one who like, they're all at the, at the threshold trying to get it. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even need to go to the threshold to get it. 
Right. Like she doesn't need to go there because she already understands. And she pretty casually offers it too. She's yeah. like, she's like, I'll go, I'll go if you want. Yeah. Like just kind of, uh, yeah. kind of pitying him. Like. Right. And he's like, no, but what if you fail? And she's like, but I already get it when she talks to the camera. Mm, right. Yeah. And then monkey's just proof of the miraculous being present with her all the time anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Yikes. You look like you're thinking about something. <laughs> oh, just with the wife and the kind of, as we were talking about, Chekhov's gun that didn't go off. The, uh, watch <laughs> that he takes off the bed at the beginning. I yeah. Don't know, like, back. Hmm. I didn't think about that. What does it mean? <laughs> something time related. But yeah, she has a big arc that we don't see happen. Yeah. As far as her reaction at the beginning and the end. Yeah. Yeah, because she's pretty distraught at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Which maybe because she he actually brought the guys back. I don't remember the line of dialogue actually, but weren't they surprised? Or wasn't she surprised that? Oh, you guys are all in the bar now. You're back. Where'd the dog come from? Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> right. Then maybe whatever happened before. That's a segue <laughs> into my next question. What's the dog? He's a good old boy. Uh, the dog is the Holy Spirit leading them to the final room. You know that Blake Shelton song, Old Red? Isn't it? <laughs> Eric Q, Old Red. <laughs> was, uh, Black Blake. Dog by Led Zeppelin. He could have heard that. Is it Old Red? Is that the Blake Shelton song? There's a song about the dog? I don't know. Tar- I don't Tarkovsky know. was big into Blake Shelton. Love Blake Shelton, Tarkovsky. <laughs> <laughs> Still does. The ghost. Yeah, I have I have nothing on the dog. I, you said death. Isn't that like a common theme for death? In yeah. some cultures, yeah. Yeah. A black dog, yeah. I don't know enough about cultural symbols to say anything more about that. I can't parse a dog other than that I like it every time it's there. <laughs> I think also like an abandoned nuclear waste site is uh death. It's my interpretation. Mm-hmm. He was laying down by the the couple, the decayed couple. Yep. And with an opening and closing sequence. door. Yeah, yeah, he comes Yeah, when you first see him it's when he's sepia laying down. That's one I thought is this a flashback? Like to a different like excursion. Yeah, zone? that's the other I forgot about that. that was my other sepia theory. Yep. I'm like could this be flashbacks of stalker remembering the Anyways. Yeah, true. yeah, I don't know what the dog's all about other than that he's there and he's nice and he barks. I like him. Hmm. <clears throat> well, any other questions? Cody, or? do you have thoughts on the dog? Or are you just uh, like, oh, I thought it was probably a pretty simple death metaphor. Yeah. I think just that it was whenever he was kind of imagining himself dead or next to the bodies and just kind of like follows them around. Mm-hmm. It's not like this malicious or like violent character. Yeah. It's just this kind of like... Kind of in the background, chilling, happy to be there, like, right, kind of waiting, yeah, hanging out, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, followed him home. Serious black, huh? <laughs> Padfoot. It's a great theory. It's just serious black. Yep. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> it's all Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Harry Stalker. Guys, my brain is fried. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, all steak, no t-shirt. 
Oh, Before we end, God. can I get a favorite shot? Oh, yeah, yes, please. Yeah. Well, favorite so shot many. and takeaway. You can do them both at once. I don't know. Oh, so or just favorite many. shot. I just like favorite shots in this one. Because it, like, it's always different. Oh, my God. There's like three. At least. <laughs> I've already said one, so I won't repeat that one. But the opening shot is gorgeous, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think the shot with the rods at the end of their journey. Mm. The room. With the reflective water and the rain that comes and goes. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. That rain's not proof of the divine in that moment. I don't know what is proof of the miraculous. And I don't know. Just the the guy just keeps throwing rocks into it. Yeah. And just the whole sequence where they're in that first field. Like that just sticks with me for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like that grass field. Yeah. Like when they come down from the tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Train tracks. Yeah, and just something about the fact that, like, they're 200 meters from the room, but they have to go the longest way possible. Mm -hmm. They have to go the most, like, out of the way possible way instead of, like, instant gratification going to the room. It doesn't work. I don't know. Just something about, like, that whole sequence is so interesting to me. So, I like that. Yeah, I feel like we could talk about this movie for four hours. Yeah, we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Guys, are we, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even scratching. Oh, there's more. Sleep. <laughs> the shot that I enjoyed um, was actually <laughs> going back into the room at the end of the film, seeing the uh, books along the wall. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like you're in an entirely different place, and I do think it is this kind of reveal, especially when he, the stock is presented as this kind of low life, and then it is this just godly fool. It's like, mm. you seem to have probably read a lot and know a lot, and it, here you are, and it adds a lot of depth um, very effectively, I think, from a cinematography angle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. I feel like if I were to describe Tarkovsky in two words, it's like elemental and spiritual, because he just always got vegetation or water or something going on. I love it when the uh, the... Um, not with the uh, bandage tapped around it skips on the sand. That it's was like slow mo, and it just goes. <laughs> that was wild. It's just like there's something. His dad's a poet, and it's just like it's evident with that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it means anything, but it's just as an image. It's like oh, the owls. Yeah, the owl. <sighs> that and then everything in the sleepy sequence. That whole thirty minute whatever trip is every shot there is perfect anyways yeah Yeah. i think my i think i had two kind of two shots that i really liked and one was a very brief i think it was just before they like kind of started climbing down near the waterfalls Mm. and there's kind of ruins of a building but you like look through this window yeah and it is an instance where the stalker does look back you like see him and he's just kind of like standing there and he's just kind of like looking out around and then he like turns and looks back. And I was like, there's something very special about it. It, it is almost like an icon or something like mm. the way it was framed in the window and oh, like yeah. all this stuff. So I really like that. And then I really like the first time 
the non-zone is in color because when it's in sepia it's like all like foggy like it's almost like there's steam everywhere Mm -hmm. when you can't see very far the depth of field is like very like low and Mm-hmm. and then it's in color and then it's, it's magic it's, it's a little cheeky but like you see the family like walking along and then it just kind of it's moving with them and the dog and then it's just a fully functioning <laughs> nuclear power plant pans up to yeah. some nuclear power it's plants yeah. it's like it's like <laughs> oh man like yeah and it kind of goes back to that like prophetic like chernobyl thing of like yeah ruined nuclear site is the focus of this whole movie and they're living on the riverbank of another nuclear power plant. And Gotta it's put just that like, gun into the water, man. Yeah. Good draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I just, I love that the, the lore of the zone was that like some meteor struck and no one really told them what was wrong and everyone started losing their minds when they went into this area and it fully could have been, like a a nuclear meltdown of a plant. Yeah. And they shut it off on a military basis and people kept trying to get back into there, but then they didn't return because it was so volatile. And it's like, it's just like, it's so interesting with like misinformation or no information about something and no, no education about something um, can lead to myth and legend and story. And, um, and their whole idea of this whole area is that like awesome they say a meteor struck but then they couldn't find anything and it's like well that's because a meteor didn't strike (laughs) (laughs) it was a nuclear meltdown (laughs) right it's just yeah it's just fascinating to me it's very interesting because like most of the movie you're like this takes place in some like weird future right yeah this could have been not that at all like this could have been easily just the real world i don't know yeah i don't know it's very interesting yeah good discussion guys wow yeah it's fun <laughs> was that fun brain was that fun for you cody <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'll put my brain back in the microwave i'll do it I'll you gotta it. be soft man you gotta be soft to pliable you can't be hard and strong yeah mm. I don't watch this a second time. It's not fair when... You guys want to go again? Doesn't. It's uh, only 10-10. The rules of movies. <laughs> it's supposed to be a f- prayer. I didn't watch it as a prayer. Now I've got to go back. <laughs> you watched it wrong. I watched it like a movie. What's wrong it's with you? It's a poem. You? It's a prayer. Totally. God, you weren't present. Were you, TJ? No. You, it wasn't pliable. <laughs> well, yeah, it helps, well. It, helps, it helps to watch again. A lot. <laughs> So next week we've got Caleb picking one from the list. Yeah, Caleb's picking one from the list. Caleb, if you're listening to this, uh, don't mess it up. Get on it. Well, it'll probably be too late. (laughs) We'll probably ever record that episode by then. But yeah, we are picking from this list. So yeah, I can't wait to see what he picks. Um, That means I got to get on my pick too. Boy Meets World actually made it on the list this year, so uh, yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah, because if it did, that. that's no, it absolutely did. what you would choose. Portuguese Shrek too. <laughs> no, no. I'm right, waiting for Shrek two retold. Mm. Hey, we will always have Portuguese Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Humphrey Bogart? Yeah. <laughs> I'll always, 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 I can't do Humphrey Bogart. We've got some in, 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 some exciting news. 
What's that? What did what was a segment that we always did at the end of the film snobs? Rad Dad. Oh, Bond of the Week. Bond of the Week. It's not official, so do we we don't know if we want to announce it, but we think we, we know who the new James Bond is. We've got some heavy oh, heavy rumors out I there. We think this. it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of bullet train. Which Speaking I think train. would be Ballin. I think it's such an obvious choice now that I think about so it. So we have to never do our segment Bond of the Week until Aaron Taylor Johnson is no longer James Bond, and then we're going to have to figure it out. I have to go back in the archives, but I'm pretty sure I said that he would be Bond. Um, really? But that means almost nothing because we said 50 Bonds. <laughs> we said a thousand different Bonds. <laughs> it's like for almost like a full year, we were like, oh, this person could be Bond, I guess. Bonds and all. <laughs> Did somebody just accidentally get back to Daniel Craig? <laughs> just like, oh, shoot. We went through all of them. Oh, God. <laughs> well, well all right. by the time we record next, we'll have seen Avatar 2. So <laughs> stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We, we in heavy quotes. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. See you guys later. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. Get stalked. Uh, not a great thing to Okay, know. sorry. Stalk your friends. Okay, that's worse. Stalker, I hardly know her. Oh! <laughs>